This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. How y'all doing? Happy Father's Day. Very special Father's Day welcome to all of you. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you. I hope you have a wonderful day. So we're going to be actually celebrating Father's Day today, and I, I hope you liked the, the introductory video that we had. Um, who cried? <laughs> I did. I cried. Uh, I think it's, it's such a beautiful representation of our Father's love and what He instills in our fathers to be able to show us that we've got this. Um, so we're going to be looking at that specifically today, our Father's love. And so um, I thought it was important to understand, maybe to begin with, how did Father's Day even start? And so I did a little research and I came across an article written by Jerry Vines. And he writes, in 1910, there was a lady named Sonora Dodd in Spokane, Washington. She was sitting in a church service on Mother's Day. See, we already had Mother's Day. And she was listening to a sermon about mothers and she thought about her father. Her father was a Civil War veteran. Her mom had died early in life, so for all the years of her life and the years of her siblings, they had been brought up by their father. He was a very devout and godly man. She thought it would be a wonderful thing to have a special time to honor her father and all fathers. And because he was born in the month of June, she was able to have a special day honoring her father on the third Sunday of June in 1910 in Spokane, Washington. 56 years later, in 1966, Lyndon Johnson signed the proclamation declaring that the third Sunday in June would be set aside as Father's Day, a day when we would recognize and honor and pay tribute to our fathers. So, a little trivia there, a little backstory and how Father's Day even got started. And um, maybe you didn't know that. I know I didn't know that. And I, I think that as we look at days like today and as we look at um, like Mother's Day, these days bring out a lot of emotions for us. Um, maybe some of you today are missing your dad. Maybe some of you today are wishing that you had a better relationship with your dad. Maybe some of you are flooded with emotions and memories because you're unable to celebrate with him, uh, whether there's a broken relationship or maybe he's no longer with you today. Um, Maybe you're having a great relationship with your father and you're anticipating taking him out for lunch later or bringing him over a card or something. I think we're all on uh, different different places in our life, all on maybe different levels. Um, And Father's Day means different things to all of us. Unfortunately, though, um, there's a lot of people out there that don't even know their fathers, that don't have a relationship with him. And today is a very challenging day filled with regret and disappointment and um, maybe some bitterness. Uh, as to not having that relationship, maybe not knowing who their father is. And, and those are some of the things that we want to talk about today. 
And I want to land specifically on three things for us to think about as we think about Father's Day. And hopefully this will encourage you, maybe give you a new perspective to think about, maybe heal a hurt that you have been dealing with and experiencing, and maybe help you know your Heavenly Father a little better. And that is, and that is our goal, that right to know God better, to know His heart, to know His love for us. So number one, and fathers, I'm speaking directly to you right now. You have an incredible opportunity to shape your child's life. Maybe you don't always feel the weight of that responsibility or, or believe it, but it's there. And the world can sometimes paint this job title with uh, a little bit of an extra extravagant list to do's. But I'm here to tell you today that there's really only three things that you need to focus on. Uh, and I'm going to list those out for you. Number one, consistency. Consistency in message and actions. And that's very important. So how many of you have ever said, do as I say, not as I do? <laughs> I can laugh at this one because this is actually something that my dad said to me. Do as I say, not as I do. And while it's fun to joke around about it, truly your children, no matter what age they are, are watching you. So what you are saying out of your mouth, you need to be putting into practice so that your message, both your words and your actions are consistent. This teaches your children that you do what you say, that you live out what you say each day, and that teaches them to do the same. I think I shared last week about my granddaughter, and um, she watches me, right? And, and I have to be very careful, more careful about saying something. And I'm not just talking about like the slip of a, a bad word or something like that. I'm just saying even how I talk about things like in a positive light that I that I say uplifting life-giving words because she's hanging on every single thing I'm saying whether we think she is or not she's always listening and I think that's what we have to remember about kids is that they're like this sponge they're soaking in what we're saying whether that's directly to them or not and believe it or not fathers as we're talking about you today, you're building a legacy and, and you're not just training up your children, but you're training up your children's children and your great, great grandchildren and this legacy, this family legacy that, that you are building in your family itself. You're equipping the future generations and consistency needs to be one of those things that, that we need to do. Number two, unconditional love. As a parent, there have been things in children's life that, that I have not agreed with. I have not agreed with certain things that my children have done, choices that they have made, directions that they have walked. However, they have always known that I unconditionally love them and that I'm here for them. And, and that is so important. Our love to our children needs to be unconditional because when they break 
when they believe that you have stopped loving them, when, when that gets broken in some way, something breaks inside of them and it can change the trajectory of their life. And so we really need for them to understand that we love them unconditionally, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, that that love isn't going to change. And, and that can sometimes be very challenging, right? That's a, a, a message that we show them and have, to, and have to walk with them as they're making choices in their life. And number three, show up and be there. They don't need all the gifts. They don't need all the toys. They don't need you working 60 hours a week so that you can give them everything maybe you didn't get when you were growing up. They just want you. They just want your love. They just want you there for the baseball games and the piano recitals and those talks and when you need to have show them how to change the oil in their car. Um, for the checker games and, and all the things that we saw in that introductory video, right? It's, you got this. And they really need that consistency of you being there in their lives. So the, the number one thing that we talked about, um, you know, fathers, was that you have this opportunity to show them how to do things in their life, right? And, and have that um, consistency. And so the number two thing is grace. You're gonna show them consistency. You're gonna show them how to uh, do this life. You're gonna be there for them. Number two is grace. And this is something we need to remember about our fathers. You know, this is, this is for everyone, that we need to have grace because this is why it's challenging as we live in this broken world. And I, and I believe this is something we miss out on when we're looking directly to our parents, when we're looking to our fathers, especially on a day like today, is that we have to recognize that they're not perfect, that they make mistakes, that they weren't just born as fathers. They were actually born as babies and raised and had a childhood and had influences and uh, that they, you know, grew up watching their dad and their family. And so there's so much that can happen in their childhood, in their life, that they can experience pain. They can be shaped by their parents and their experiences. Um, I know so many people that I've encountered in, in ministry and biblical counseling and, and partnering with people that there are so many broken relationships out there with their parents, with their fathers, because they've, they've put their parent up on this pedestal and believe that they just were born as this perfect parent, and yet so much of that brokenness has been stemmed from their childhood and their upbringing. And whether it was abuse or neglect or divorce, there's a part of them that hasn't fully healed. And so they've passed that down to their children and it's generational sin that keeps happening. 
And we, in our humanness, in our brokenness, then have this perception of our Father and the role that He played, and we think they're superhuman, and so when they fail us, we blame them. And it, it really changes our life and how we think about ourselves. And when in all actuality, they didn't do anything wrong, per se, in their minds. They were just training up their children the way that they had been trained up. And so maybe that brokenness and that sin and the things that you experienced was actually what they went through as children. And they're just teaching what they know. There has to be grace. There has to be forgiveness. We have to be able to look at it bigger, the bigger picture and understand that our fathers are human. Parents are human. And we have to be able to give grace and forgiveness there has to be understanding that they themselves are human and, and were perhaps raised the same way that they are now raising their children. We have to have grace for our fathers. A lot of times because of these human experiences with our fathers, importantly, most importantly with our fathers, it changes the image that we have of God. It changes our image of who we think God is as our Father. So I want to express today specifically, don't let your image of your own earthly Father paint a negative picture of your Heavenly One. Let me say that again. So I want to express, don't let your image of your own earthly Father paint a negative picture of your Heavenly One. It distorts it. It's, it's not how it's supposed to be. Sin has entered the world and we've, we live in a broken world and, and we struggle and we fight against an enemy who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's every family. That's every child. That's every person is battling against the enemy. And he wants to steal our families and he wants to steal our peace and our joy. And he does it any way he can generational sin, generational pain is one way he does it. We need to remember that God is not the same as our earthly fathers, which brings me to my last point and where I want to camp the rest of this time. God is the ultimate father. And we need to ask ourselves, is he our father? Is, is he our Father. Here are some verses describing God the Father. 1 Corinthians 8, 6, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, through him we exist. One God, the Father, from where all things come from, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things, through him we exist. Matthew 23, 9, And call no man your father on earth, for you have one Father who is in heaven. 
John 14, 9 through 11, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and still you do not know me, Philip? Whoever is seeing me has seen the Father. How can you show us the Father, you say? Do not do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. This is one of the reasons why Jesus came. Here for so many thousands of years, people had this image of who God was, this, this God who was distant, this God who kept them separate, this God who had rules and regulations, and, and, and this God who was this God they couldn't get to. They couldn't touch. They couldn't have a relationship with him. And so Jesus came, and with what he did, he showed us who the Father really is by loving us, by healing us, by walking among us and, and teaching us God's word. And when he died, that curtain that separated us from the Holy of Holies was torn from the, the top to the bottom. That's a big God tearing that curtain so that we could now be in relationship with him. But it was Jesus that did that. And so as they're, they're asking him, well, show us the Father. Jesus is saying, everything I have done, everything that I have said, every, every healing, every purpose, everything that I'm doing here, I am showing you the Father. That is the Father's love. And then finally, John 3.16. And I mean, this is a verse that you can just say over and over again. It's something that we learn as children. Um, we, we crochet it on pillows. We put it on our screensavers. But this is something that when you really think about it, this is how much God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Think about that today for a second. As a parent, maybe you're not a parent. Maybe you're an aunt or an uncle and you can't even imagine giving up your niece or nephew to be a sacrifice for the world. That's what God did for us. That's how much he loves us. That is showing us the love of a father. You see, what I love about God is that he doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done. He's consistent in his message. He has unconditional love for us. He's always there for us whenever we need him and even when we don't. He's always there. He has grace and forgives us when we sin and loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to the cross so that we could have everlasting life. God is the ultimate father. He is reaching down and grabbing our shoulders and say, you got this. I'm with you. You can do this. Look at, I've shown you. I've taught you. I've trained you. 
you got this. I love you. We just need to try every day to be more like him. And, and fathers out there, you have an incredible job and you have an incredible teacher. You can just imitate your father God in everything that you do because that's what God wants us to do, right? To show other people his love, to, to walk alongside of someone and help them on their journey, to, to maybe help somebody in need. That's what that we've been commissioned to do, to help everyone we meet uh, so that they can see the Father, just like Jesus did. And, and I want to leave you with the story that I found online. It's a Father's Day story, and I, I liked it because it's a story of a father who seems to go out of his way to show love not only to his own children, but every single person he's ever come in contact with. And it's called, My Papa is Your Papa. When I was young, on the weekend, my father would shake my feet to wake me up and then do the same to my older sister, Eva. He would happily say, wake up! I want to go out and play today. He would make us breakfast and then we would get into his light blue station wagon, still half asleep and venture out for the entire day. He didn't have a lot of money to spend, but Eva and I never knew it. He always had a plan and would study the road map he kept in his car before telling us where we were headed. We went to air shows, zoos, horseback riding, the United States Military Academy at West Point, and even on a submarine once. He paid for us to go on a tour of the submarine and had us lay on a cot in the birthing area so we could experience what it would be like to travel underwater for months in such small quarters. He once took us to Amish country in Pennsylvania, and as we toured a home, he explained their unique and different culture to us. From our apartment in Gutenberg, he drove us to Union City, Hudson County, a predominantly Cuban neighborhood in New Jersey for Cuban savages. Although he never graduated from high school, he taught himself some Spanish and encouraged Eva and I to learn Spanish as we got older. He read five newspapers a day, cover to cover, and loved to share current events with us. As we ate our Cuban sandwiches, he explained who Fidel Castro was and why so many people had fled his regime to begin a new life in America. Even I were very impressed as he spoke Spanish with the shop owners. My father was a quiet and gentle man, always soft-spoken. I adored him for as long as I can remember. I loved the way he treated people with such respect and kindness. I always admired him, and as I got older, I noticed that other people did too. When I was a kid, I thought my father was like everyone else's father. Turns out that was not true. During our weekend rides, it was commonplace for him to pick up hitchhikers, and if he picked up a serviceman in uniform, he would go out of his way to deliver him to wherever he was going. Even I watched from the back seat as he would engage the serviceman in conversation and encourage him, keep up the good job, and when you leave the army, you'll be better prepared 
for life, he would say. Sundays, we usually took the bus into Manhattan where he would do interesting things like ride the circle line. He would point out every landmark and tell us the history behind it. He loved to take us on the subway in, to Nathan's in Coney Island. Once there, he would give us each a $5 bill and then he would settle into a booth for the afternoon with his newspapers. Eva and I would buy food and then run around Nathan's playing and laughing at ourselves in the fun time years. I remember that $5 he gave me went a long way back in 1970. In 1968, we went to see the movie Oliver, a Charles Dickens classic tale of a young orphaned boy. On the walk home from the theater that afternoon, he told us how he was raised in an orphanage in New York after both of his parents had died. Never one to complain, he told us the nuns were wonderful to him and loved him like a mother would. As they got older, he was placed in a few foster homes before he joined the army. He often joked about how lucky he felt to own two pairs of shoes while in the army. He later had a long career as a maintenance man with a Western Electric in Murray Hill, New Jersey. As teenagers, he still took us out each weekend and he would ask us to invite specific friends to join us and he would pay for them. We often went to Yankee Stadium to watch the baseball game and he bought us tickets in the least expensive seats. To keep the goss down, he waited for us in the car and where he would read his newspapers and then took a nap. On a hot July day, he once took Eva and I along with several friends to the Liberty Motel on Tonal Avenue in North Bergen and rented a room. He read his newspapers enjoying the air conditioning while we swam in the pool the entire day. At the time, I didn't realize that most of the other neighborhood children he invited didn't have steady father figures in their home. I was shocked one day when a Gutenberg police officer told me my father bailed a young man jailed for a minor offense out of jail. He didn't have the money to do that. I asked him why he did it and he responded with his favorite saying, everyone deserves a break in life. After Eva and I moved each an hour away, we became concerned while he struggled to pay his bills. When, he, when we talked to him about it, he told us how his tenants hadn't paid their rent in four months. He explained that they were good, hard-working people who fell behind after the man lost his job. Eva and I were angry with them and wanted to discuss this with them, but they didn't speak English. I remember that year as we walked through ShopRite the week before Thanksgiving, he purchased five turkeys. By now my mother had died and as I laughed as I asked him what he would do with five turkeys, when he returned home he rang the bell of five people in the neighborhood and handed them out. He said they needed them. He repeated another favorite expression to me that every day is Thanksgiving when you live in America. He was always happy and appreciated everything he had. He felt blessed. He adored his two little girls and later his two granddaughters. He gave so much, yet he had so little. He thought he was the richest man in the world. I was still heartbroken in 2002 on the one-year anniversary of his death. I drove to Madonna Cemetery in Fort Lee to place an American flag on his grave.
I noticed a man walking around in the cemetery and became frightened when he began to walk towards me. He waved behind him and a, and a woman and a young girl got out of their car and together headed in my direction. As they approached me, I was so surprised when I recognized his tenants. By this time, his tiny house had been sold and I had no contact with them. I wondered how they even remembered it was the anniversary of his death. The young girl translated for her parents and told me they called all the funeral homes in the area asking where he was buried. They found the cemetery and she told me they had been there for two hours walking up and down looking for his name when they noticed me. I was dumbfounded and so touched. Both the man and the woman were crying as we stood before his grave. Not able to speak much English, the man hugged me and said, Your papa is my papa. He just kept repeating that as his wife gently caressed my father's headstone. And then the man took the small American flag from my hands and placed it on his grave. I miss you, Dad. Happy Father's Day. I know not all of us have a story like this. Some of us feel broken when we come to this day, remembering our fathers, maybe that we never knew them, remembering the pain and the struggle and the hard childhood that we experienced. Maybe today that's you. I want to encourage you that our Father in Heaven is the ultimate Father who loves each and every one of us. And He wants us to, to show that love to other people. Whether you're a father or a grandfather or an uncle or a brother or an aunt or a sister or a mom, we have all been conditioned to love each other and to show people through our actions God's love. Realizing that we live in a broken world and that there's sin and hardship, um, know that this is not always easy. But when we can try to be consistent, when we can try to do it not in our strength and in our own grace, but in God's grace and forgiveness, when we can try to love each other as God loves us, we are going to be better husbands better fathers, better moms, better sisters, better Christ followers so that we can go out and, and do exactly what the Father has done for us, shown us His love through Jesus Christ in every situation, every day, for as long as we live. Let this be our prayer today. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for this day that we can celebrate Father's Day, not only with our earthly fathers, Lord, but with you, our heavenly Father. Thank you for how much you love us. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross so that we can have everlasting life. Thank you for showing us how we can live each day loving each other, living in community with one another, until you come again. I pray for each father out there, Lord, that you will give him an extra measure of strength, equip him for the journey, give him your peace and your patience and your love. 
I pray that those out there that are hurting today, that they will feel your healing touch, that you will restore in them and, and renew in them, Lord, the, the love that you have for them, that you will help them with anything in the past and that they, they will give that all to you. I just pray for each person listening, each person watching today, and that they will feel your love in a real and tangible way and that you will walk with them not only today but in the days to come. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for joining us. And I just pray that you will have a wonderful week full of blessings and love and peace. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.